Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is a son of Bishop Daguerre Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Makaras Church Teshi in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Daguerre Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning. Please let the blessedness of your word change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together as we take your seats. So thank God for bringing you to church in spite of the rain. I hear some places are flooded. But I thank God for bringing you to church this morning. It's always good to see you. I want to continue sharing about the privilege of serving God because I feel it is the most important topic. You see, whatever you do, whatever you have, whatever you are, whatever you become, what is certain is that you will die one day and go to heaven. <laughs> And the Bible says we were created for his pleasure. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1. And so it is very important for you to prepare for eternity. The Bible says that prepare to meet your God. And because you will meet your God, prepare to meet your God. You see, when you come on earth, we pray for you that you may um, own a house one day because the Bible says that you should build houses and dwell in them. We pray for you that you may own a car because it's convenient to live life with a car. We pray for you that you may have a spouse. The Bible says you should marry um, wives. You should find um, wives for your sons and find husbands for your daughters. Actually, in the Bible, it is fathers who find spouses for their children. The Bible teaches about arranged marriages. Yes. Even Jesus. The Bible says we are the bride of Christ. And the Bible says no one can come to Christ except God the Father draws him to himself. So you cannot become a bride of Jesus who is the bridegroom if the heavenly father doesn't choose you. You cannot be in church this morning if God didn't draw you here. Because I didn't call any of you to come to church this morning. And you were not bashed to church. You were not anacazzled to church. You were not forced to church. Nobody really like came to your house and came to prevail upon you to come to church. You came on your own free will. You cannot be here this morning to hear this word if the father they didn't choose you. And that's why in this church, we unashamedly recommend beloveds to people. 
Yes, it is, it is one of the things they criticize us about, but it's one of the things the Bible says we should do. Unashamedly. Why do we do that? The Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Part of a shepherd's job, you call this male sheep. You say, lie down here. You call a female sheep. You say, you come, lie down by him. That's part of a shepherd's job. You make the sheep lie down. Where they lie down, you choose who they lie down. So you see that, you know. <laughs> As the years have gone by, you will find out that the wife that your father chooses for you, the husband that your father chooses for you, is better than the one you choose for yourself. When I found a beloved, my, um, my pastor, bishop, my father didn't know her. So I went to Bishop and said, I found a wife. He said, I don't know her. So go and talk to her pastor. So I went to see her pastor, Pastor Mankata. Today he's left the church. He's no longer in the church, but I went to see him. I said, I found a girl in your church and something, 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 something. He said, she's a very good girl. He recommended, he spoke for about 12, 12 minutes about how sad he was. <laughs> whenever you see a father sad that his daughter is leaving that is a good one whenever you see a father happy <laughs> whenever you see a father happy very happy rejoicing that her, his daughter is leaving think about why he's so happy that his daughter is leaving Somebody he loves so much. So, anyway, when I went to tell Bishop that her pastor says she's very sad, she's a very good girl, da, da, da. that's a good one. Then I went on missions and now Sister Erica took her to go and meet Bishop. And when Bishop saw her, he said, ah, that's a good one. You see? Oh. Anyway. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1. The privilege of serving God. So that's why in this church, you see, we try to do our shepherding work, our pastoral work in the way the Bible says we should do it. Not what human beings and 21st century um, secularism suggests for us to do. It's true. And you know, the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Eh? Each one after his own way. But the Lord has had mercy on us all. So try, you know, try hard to let your um, life and all the components of your life align to the word of God. Though. You see, the Bible said that God has elevated his word above his own self. What God is going to back, what God is going to support, what God is going to do is what he has said and what he has spoken about. So the more aspects of your life, you can get to more aligned to what the Bible says that Better it will be for you. And like I'm saying again, it is one of the reasons why unashamedly we find wives for our sons and then we find husbands for our daughters. And the ones we don't like, uh, depending on the access, listen to my English words I'm choosing carefully. Depending on the access our son or our daughter gives to us, we make a strong stronger, strongest opinion or 
total objection depending on the access we are given. Depending on the access we are given. And then, depending on the access we are given, you now determine how the future of your life will go. One day, Sally brought a certain boy to me. Yes, one day Sally brought a certain boy. Nice, nice brother. If you get him, you will like. If any of the brothers get, if any of the sisters gets him, you will like him. Is he handsome? He has it. I hear girls like brothers with pink lips. Even that one, he has it. Is he money? He has it. Is he good job? He has it. Is he what again? Is he car? I think he had a car. Eh? Yes, yeah, he had a car. Is it gen- is it gentleman? He has it. He ticks all the boxes. Apart from one box. <laughs> Apart from one box. He didn't like Sally's pasta. He didn't like Sally's pasta. He was pretending to like Sally's pasta. Unfortunately for him, Sally's pasta picks up signals from the spirit. So one day, Sally's pasta said, mm, This guy doesn't like uh, your pasta. Huh. Until the day he blasted Sally's pasta to Sally, then she has also that. Then this way can't work. She was shocked. Somebody don't marry you. I love you so much. <laughs> From the day she told him that this is too work, he has not spoken to her again. Neither good morning or hello or even hi or K. There's a way you text the right K. <laughs> yes. Neither K. And then you find out that. If you marry such a one, you see, and in marriage, there are problems. The best couple have problems. You know, if you look at my wife and I, we are supposed to be like the most problemless marriage. The way I am and the way my wife is. Two good Christians. You know, before I got married, eh, one day I was driving with Bishop. We were loaded the car around. I remember at Dansoman Kit Kat Club. If you don't dance with my kids club, there's a club at the back. Then he asked that, what are you looking for in marriage? But before I go, I said, what are you looking for in marriage? Then I said, peace. You would have said sex, money, house. This, I said, I want peace. Then I asked him a question. I told him that. Or I asked him, I said, you should come to ask a question. When you are intelligent, you ask questions. Jesus was intelligent. He asked questions. And when you are spiritual to you, ask questions. These are the two people who ask questions. God is always asking questions. Adam, where are you? Even my father, where is my honor? Spiritual people, they always ask questions. And intelligent people too, they always ask questions. Because you know you don't know. Anyway, so I asked them, Bishop, if two people who are Christians, obeying the word of God, get married, why should they have problems? Do you know the answer he gave me? When you are also spiritual, you can answer all questions. He turned to me and just said, it is not like that. <laughs> yes. And it is truly not like that. 
So you realize that you need somebody that is your perfect husband can be controlled absolutely by. And who is your perfect looking wife? Because I promise, unless you don't know my wife, when you see my wife, eh, when God is not there, eh, I can understand you when you say she should take the place of God. Hey, my wife. Even if you say, I can look at her and say, hey, is it possible for one person to look so good? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1. The privilege of serving God. For every high priest taken from among men is prepared for men in things pertaining to God. That he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. So the first thing we learn about the privilege is that you are chosen, you are taken, that there are a lot of people that you are chosen from among them. David said, thou has found David your servant. You've anointed him and chosen him from among the people. You see, when you have a desire to serve God, eh, you should know that you've been selected from among the people and the desire has been put in you. You cannot have a desire except God puts it in you. Because you don't even know why or how you have that desire. Verse 2. It says, so that, verse 2. Hey, but when we read verse 1, don't you know? Who can have compassion on the ignorance? You see, and so that when you have compassion on the ignorance, they think you are a fool or they think you can't see. But you are just having compassion. And on them that are out of the way. Sometimes you are out of the way. But the person who is a high priest, because he's having compassion, he's pretending he doesn't know you are out of the way. Sometimes when I talk to people, they ask me that. So if you know all this, why are you not reacting in a certain way, but like you are acting as though you don't know. Because it, it is because I'm having compassion on those who are out of the way. For that he himself also is, um, is compared about with infirmity. You know? Over the years, as I've been doing a certain kind of marriage counseling. You know, the marriage counseling I do, eh, it's not theoretical marriage counseling. No. If you're looking for, theo- for theories, you should go and see somebody else. If you want solutions, you should come and see me. Oh, because the counseling I do, by the time I finish with you, your problem will be solved. Because the way I do it is not even how it is supposed to be done. Because, you know, when I look at my own marriage, it helps me to counsel people. For example, L.P. Jesslyn come. You see, she'll be getting married to New Watch. I'll be announcing her wedding soon. You, 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 you wait a bit. You wait a bit. I said, you wait a bit. I'll be um, announcing her marriage soon. But, but look at her. Like, it, like, for, like, for bad thing can come out of it. 
was was she not the one itching here uh, three weeks ago and saying that women who are educated, you see a wife who is educated, she's also spiritual. When her husband tells you the things she does, she can't like the only explanation in her mind is demons. Do you think she thinks she has demons? I want to say to her message in prayer is one of the best messages I've ever heard. Oh, yes. I've listened to it over and over. I said, hey, the big, big thing she was saying. She said, when she was talking to some husbands, they were describing their behavior of their wife. She said, educated women, spiritual beings, the only, the only, uh, them, uh, I couldn't think far again. The only thing I said was, I demons. Good. Do you think she had demons? No. Very good. So when she gets married, and demons are not controlling her, but her husband comes to me one day, he has high fever. High fever. Do you think I'll be impressed by how she looks? I have one in my bed who looks more impressive than her. So the counseling I'll give her will look beyond how she looks. Because I myself am also compared with infirmity. That weakness that she has, I also have one. Oh yes. You see, and if we were also to talk to my wife, the truth is, she would talk about me the same way I'm talking about it. That when you see my husband, you see him like that. When you see him preaching on stage as though he's God. <laughs> I showed that some my wife to talk about me as though he's got like per- perfection in holiness and perfection in uh, whatever. One day she came to preach in Laboni. And I think I wasn't there. I traveled. Then later on, she told me, she said, when I was preaching, I wanted to give them some examples of the things I've been doing to you in the house. I said, God, God forbid you. God forbid you. My members don't see me like that. I told them, God, God forbid. You see, I'm saying that all of us, any high priest chosen, the more perfect you are, is because you, are, you have infirmities and weaknesses and struggles and you are a normal person. Yes. So when I meet wives, I'm counseling them, husbands. Many husbands have told that you are the first person to talk to my wife the way you've spoken to her. Everybody sees my wife as perfect and I'm always their problem. I also have that infirmity as well. <laughs> yes. So count it a privilege whenever you are chosen as a high priest and never rejected. Somebody once said, when you don't see an open door, create a door. Clap for perfect um, lady person, Jesse. I said what? I'll be announcing a wedding soon. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a good shepherd. I called one sheep. I said, you lie down. You come here. Those of you who are far, we don't know your name. We don't know anything about you. Verse where? Three. And by reason thereof, he ought to ask for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. Verse 4. Verse 4. 
Verse 4. And no man, no man, you cannot take this honor upon himself but he that is called of God as was Aaron. No man. You cannot become a shepherd. You cannot become a pastor by yourself. No man take this honor upon himself. No man take this honor upon himself except he that is called of God. So we began sharing last week about what a privileges we went through so many things on continue today and it is a, a privilege of being a shepherd like Jesus of pastoring people loving people like Jesus you see all of us are shepherds in one way or the other all of us do the work of shepherds in one way or the other all of us guide people if you are a father, you guide your household. You are a mother, you guide your children. You are a boss, you guide your staff. You are a friend. Friends are some of the most influential people. When we were at the, um, I went for Joseph's engagement on Thursday. He was with his best friend, Forson. And when I saw Forson, I called him. For when, when I got, I didn't see his best friend. So I said, where is your best friend Foster, that they went to call. Where did you say? Board chairman. Yes. You see, your best friend will influence you the most. That's true. When the Bible says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That word friend, sorry, that word shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, is from the Hebrew word ra'a. R-A apostrophe A-H. Ra'a. Which means friend. The Lord is my friend. I shall not want. Yeah. That's why Jesus Christ said, I call you no longer servants, but friends. Most of the people in this church are my friends. Oh yes. I can talk to them. We laugh together. We tease each other. They tease me. You don't believe it. Some people can tease me. Maybe you are so far that you are afraid that this guy, if you want to die, you go and talk to him. <laughs> but, there are, but there are people who we are friends. We talk. We laugh together. We fellowship together. When there's a problem, we cry together also. Amen. The, 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 the greatest position of shepherding you can get to is where you become friends. The most powerful people in this country are not MCEs or DCEs or MMCEs. I promise you, eh, some of the ministers of the president doesn't know their names. Oh, yes. But the most powerful people in this country are the friends of the president. Oh, yes. They are the ones who get away with things and you never know their names. Oh, you even know them. They don't call him President William Ekufaru. They have some nickname. You'll be surprised that there are people who have a phone number for the president. When you say, Azotoli, that's how they call him. You'll be surprised. You will be surprised that there are people who never call him President Nanado Ho. Please. They have some nickname, B. Then what they call Azotoli, then he also responds, Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all. They control Ghana. Oh, yes. Not minister for whatever, minister for whatever. Yeah. When Bill Clinton was uh, impeached for that Lewinsky thing, they were trying to get evidence against They couldn't get him. Then he found some black man. His name was Vernon Jordan. 
They say, who is this man? They say, oh, he's a friend of the president. If anybody will have information about the president, it will be this man. We don't know him. Some smallish black man. Yeah, he's the friend of the president. He never said one word. They took him to court. Ah, photographed him. I, I don't know anything. I plead the Fifth Amendment. The Fifth Amendment is the amendment of, of the right not to answer a question. He said, I plead the Fifth Amendment. I'm the friend of the president. You don't know him. Powerful man. Who are you a friend of? You are influencing your friends. So I watch people's friends. Oh, yes. To know who they really are in private. That's the reason why I'm a master at WhatsApp status. Yes, that's why I see your friends. I see who you really are. Who you are with. Where? Uh-huh. Not your church sportings. And you cannot tell me, there's a say, don't judge us by what we post. We are who not. <laughs> we, we, are, we are not what we post. Then why did you post it? The privilege of being a shepherd like Jesus. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. You know, is the reason why when you are somebody who is not sacrificial, you are somebody who likes yourself. You can never be a shepherd. Jesus gave up himself to the point of death. You see, so when you see somebody who really likes his skin, he doesn't like sacrifice, he doesn't like inconvenience, he doesn't like pain, he doesn't like discomfort, he doesn't like going out of his, oh, you cannot, you can desire to work. You know, When Bishop Sun died, many of you didn't know. I was standing at the stage on Independence Square, ministering to the world. You didn't know his son was there. Many people didn't know his son was there. But he's giving his life for the sheep. So he has to be there. He has to pretend that everything is okay. That morning, Friday morning, he was at flow, flow prayer meeting, live. Not flow arrow, live flow prayer meeting. But some of you have wrapped yourself in your blanket crying. You have taken medicine to sleep. Because people will understand your son is dead. That's it. In God, the higher you go, the more the price you pay. I was listening to Reverend Eastwood speaking and he was See that, you know, as I'm here ministering to you, I started treating for malaria yesterday. I'm sick. Like, as I'm here, I'm sick. I'm weak. I'm full-blown malaria. We're talking about transferring your problems to people and to the church. He said, I lost six children in one day. Two biological, four spiritual, who were like my biological children in one day. He said, I, he said, I never brought it to the church. I continued to preach. I continued to minister. As though there was nothing wrong. A good shepherd, you give your life for the sheep. You see, and that's why Christianity becoming watered down. We modern day shepherds, we don't give our lives for no one. 
at the slightest discomfort, slightest unease, we give up. I said, Bishop's first son was dead. He never changed his schedule. What, what are you prepared to sacrifice? Matthew 9.36 And when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered as sheep having no shepherd. You see, of all the different things that Jesus could have said he was, Jesus never said he was an apostle. Jesus never said he was a prophet. Jesus never said he was an evangelist. Jesus never said he was a teacher. It's a it's other people who called him rabbi. He never said he was a rabbi. It's other people who called him rabbi. But the title he took for himself was pastor. He said, I am the good shepherd. From the Greek word episcopos. When you take up the, I mean, of course, Jesus was never a banker. Jesus never worked at MTN. It's true. Certainly he wasn't a lawyer. He healed many, but he was not a doctor. Yes. But he said, I'm a shepherd. I, he, what does a shepherd do? He takes care of people. Including your medical life. Including your marital life. Including your work life. Including your children. Including your finances. Including your personal finances. Including your joy. Including your prosperity. Everything. The work of a shepherd encapsulates everything that can be done and everything that you need. It's the highest job. Number one. What is the, what is the privilege of being a shepherd like Jesus? It is, to, it is a privilege to help people to prosper. Psalm 23, he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When you are not in want. It simply means there's no difficulty in your life. You help people to prosper. Not to take away from people. Third John 2. You see, Third John 2 summarizes the work of a shepherd. Third John 2, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prospers. Beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper financially, that you'd buy a car, that you'd build a house, that you'd have a good job, that you, your house would be nice, not just to build a house. One day I went to someone's house. I said, take me to your bedroom. When I went to his bedroom, I said, no, no, no. I cannot allow my assistant pastor to stay here. I said, break down the whole place. I said, when you come to my house, is this what you see in my house? No, the place was nice, but not up to my standard. I said, I need you to come to church from a certain kind of... I said, break down all the towels, remove them and throw them out. But, but, the batter, everything, remove them and throw it away. Yes. Because, you see, I want him to have a certain higher quality of life. Not that it was not nice, it was nice, but... You see, I imagine that if I'm staying here, can I stay here? I said, break all the towels, remove them. And he did it. Then I said, step two, 
Recently, I went to the South. I was very happy. I said, ah, we are getting there. Beloved, if I love you, then I wish above all things that you will prosper. That in your school, you should do well. In your medical school, that's why when they tell me you are writing exams, I don't force you to come to church when it's time for you to write exams because you have to learn. And prayer doesn't make you pass exams. If you like, eh? You don't, if you like, eh? Don't learn and go and pray. Then go to the exams room. See what will happen to you there. <laughs> yes. When I was in the university and I was the chief elder, when it's time for exams, we stop all church activities. Only Sunday church, Wednesday midweek service. Everybody learn. And me, the chief elder, I'll learn more than you. Oh, yes. Look, I learned to the extent that where I sit in the school library today, if I don't come, then no one sits there. It was like my chair. Oh, yes. I'll, I'm there before the library opens and I'm there till after they close. Learning, not praying, learning. You should prosper and do well. There's a time for everything. There's a time to learn and there's a time to go to church. When you go to church when it's time to learn, you boom! And you start blaming God. I wish above all things that God may just prosper and be in good health. That's why I pray for you to have cars. That's why I pray for you to have a beloved. That's why I pray for you to do well, to have a good job. That's why when you have a job, I pray for you to get a better job. Because a job where they pay you 900 Ghana cities, what can you do with it? May you prosper. Jesus Christ. In John 19, he went to see the disciples and he asked them, children, have you caught any fish? They said, Jesus, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Then Jesus said, cast down your dead on the right side. And they caught 100 and... Look, have you seen fishermen bringing in their nets before? Try and go and see one. You see that to see fish, it is not like that though. You see them, then you see the fish, small, small like this. Oh. Then they'll pull the net down, then, then they'll remove one. Put it down. Then they'll pull the net down. It's not easy to catch fish. When Jesus says... Put down your net and you cut 153 fishes. It's a major miracle that has happened. Learn and train your eye to see miracles. Learn and train your eye to see what God has done. Learn and train your eye to see that the prosperity you have is not common. That's why we give thanksgiving offerings in this church to acknowledge what God has done in our lives and to say thank you to God. Amen. Number two. When you have this book, you can read it at home. A shepherd is privileged to provide good food for the sheep. Psalm 23 verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Sheep eat grass. Some grass, when you eat it, eh, you can die. It's called poisoned grass. A good shepherd, you take your sheep to the place where the grass is juicy where the grass has grown well, where a lot of water has nourished the grass and, it's, and as they are even chewing the grass, there's water in it. A good shepherd, you, you prepare and then you provide food for your sheep. That's why if you're going to be a good shepherd, you need a habit of having a daily quiet time. 
so that you continue feeding yourself all the time feeding yourself all the time feeding yourself so that by the time it is time to pour out and to minister and to provide food you know help me jesseline as no one day i called her i said what are you doing she said i'm cooking what are you cooking then she mentioned what she was cooking. And I was happy because it had some complex food. I said, oh, if she can do the complex one, it means she can do the simple one. Because you cannot marry if you don't know how to cook. You cannot marry if you don't know how to cook. When your husband asks for jollof, then you quickly run to the roadside to go and buy. Oh, but the modern day wife, they go and buy food from the roadside, though. The modern day wives, oh, there's a cook in our, in our church. One day she told me of a certain wife that for the past 10 years, she has been providing like the wife will order food in bulk. Stew, a chicken stew, fish stew, this stew, this, 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 plenty and then take it home. Freeze it in the freezer. Where husband said, I want your love. Oh, cries in the freezer. Oh, cry. My wife, eh, in Proverbs 31, the Bible says that you should provide food for your house. It's true. As a shepherd, Jesus Christ said in John 21, 16, if you love me, feed my sheep. You see, the shepherding worker is a work of love. I'm not here to just preach a Sunday morning sermon. I'm trying to convince you to prepare yourself and to believe that serving God, being active in church, following up people, trying to make people stabilized in church like Jesus is the greatest privilege you can have. That's why I'm taking my time and talking step by step with the examples of my own life. And do you think I want to tell you that I look perfect, but I'm not perfect? I want to show you that as you are not perfect, I'm also not perfect. So be encouraged. That's all. I want to encourage you that if you don't know how to cook, there's also a pastor who also doesn't know how to cook. I'm not here to gossip. I'm here to encourage you. That's why I don't mention it. If it's me, I'll mention my name. But I'm not here to gossip. I'm here to convince you that no matter the infirmities you have, other people also have those infirmities and are serving God in it. So you can. That's all. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll feed my sheep. And it's true. Many years ago, I had two people who were working with me. <laughs> Pastor Samuel. And another guy. The difference between the two of them was that when they all go to my house, Pastor Samuel can go and work in my house eh, and not ask of my children. But this other person will go and work in my house. He'll forget about the work he's going to do there. Play with my children. Ah, then leave. Oh. After he has left the out of the day, oh, I forgot to do to, to do their work. I was playing with your children. But should I share my share a secret with you? I preferred the guy who used to play with my children and will even forget the work I've given him than the one who said I should go and repair uh, the wooden gate. Eh? I went there with the carpenter 
we finished the work. So we my children at home. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> One day I told him, no, I don't accept it. You cannot go to my house. I've traveled for two months. And don't ask about my children. Don't you care? I mean, like, I had a feeling of no. I can understand Jesus. <laughs> Look, you know, I've thought about it. And I said, if God, God forbid, if my wife died and I were looking for a new wife, the number one qualification, my children. Oh, yes. Not that do you like my children, no. Do my children like you? Oh, yes. That'll be number one. Me poor how be her. That'll be number one. Yes. As for love between you and I, any two adults can agree to love. But my children, Eesh. I don't want anybody, my children, will come and say, hey, Daddy, today, do you love my children? So I can understand Jesus. If you love me, then take care of my children. So when you don't take care of his children, you don't love them. When you come to church and you are content to do nothing, that helps the other children. You don't love God. I'm sorry to tell you. This is Jesus speaking. When you are not interested in doing something, like, oh, let's clean the place so that when the children of God come, they can come to a nice place. Oh, let's sing well so that the children of God will be encouraged. Oh, let's pray well so that the children of God will be prayed for. Oh, let's study well. Let's feed the children of God well so they can grow. If you don't have such a desire, you don't love Jesus. You don't love Jesus. Look, as I'm talking to you here, you may not know, but I'm not well at all. Oh, yes. I'm not well. But no, the children of God come first. That they should be fed. They should be okay. They should be encouraged. The children of God should be uh, well taken care of. There should be no problem with them. The children of God should be stable. That is the most important thing to me. Oh, yes. You prove your love for Jesus by feeding the sheep. You prove your love to Jesus by feeding the sheep. You prove your love to Jesus by feeding the sheep. Amen. Yeah. And that's the privilege. If you love me, if you love me, feed my sheep. Like I was saying yesterday, look at America, the most hypocritical nation on earth. I think they've given Ukraine maybe by now almost $500 billion to fight Russia. They don't love them. Where, when Ukraine wanted to join NATO, they said, oh, just a few, uh, last week, France was saying that the reality is that Ukraine is not going to join NATO. That's the reality. Is Russia they are fighting against you? It's not that they love Ukraine. Not that, see, be careful, money. <laughs> the Bible says, honor and virtue are, honor and, uh, something. Are given to virtuous women and mere money to cruel men. Money is nothing. Don't be impressed by people who give you gifts. They are actually teaching the Bible about not receiving gifts. Gehazi was cared for receiving gifts at the wrong time. Because of people who throw money around. America doesn't love Ukraine, not for one second. Not for a second. It's Russia they don't like. 
Recently, some two uh, Russian journalists pranked George Bush Jr. He lost that. He thought he was talking to the president of Ukraine. No, no, it was some two Russians. Oh, he said, kill as many Russian troops as you can. Destroy as many. We will send you more. He thought he was talking to the president of Ukraine. You see, it's not that they love Ukraine. It's Russia that they hate. Let, that's what the Bible says. Listen, let love be without hypocrisy. Because you can love hypocritically. And Jesus has given the criteria for love. If you love me, feed my sheep. Look, let me tell you something about giving money in church. You may not even believe that the pastor should speak this way. One day they asked Jesus, do you pay tithe? <laughs> they asked Peter, does your mother pay tithe? He said, oh yes. He blasted the people. Oh yes, you know. Then he came over and said, do you pay tithe? He said, no. Then Jesus asked Peter, who do kings take tribute from? Their children or from their citizens? And Peter said, from their citizens. Then Jesus said, yeah. But in order not to offend them, you go and catch this fish. You open them up. You say, go and just do whatever. God doesn't need your money. Not for a thousand years. Not for a thousand years. You can't choose not to pay your tithe from today. It will affect your church or affect God. It is for your benefit. Tithe is for your benefit. That God may bless you. <laughs> it's not for the church's benefit. It is for your benefit. That's why we see once again, I feed you and teach you and encourage you and make you pay tithe so that the blessings for the tither will come to you. It is for your benefit that I say pay tithe. Certainly not for the church. Certainly not for the church. For your benefit. Look, my children, my biological children, from the day we did uh, that thing, they give them a name. What is it called? Naming ceremony. <laughs> Naming ceremony. <laughs> Naming ceremony. Everybody, at your naming ceremony, I take a tithe card for you. Whatever gift we get at the naming ceremony, temper, that's your first tithe of your life. Oh, yes. My children pay tithe regularly. Regularly. If I love them, if I love them, I will make them pay tithe. Number three. A shepherd is privileged to lead people. You see, what I've learned about this is you may think you are learning to lead people in the church, but at the end, you learn to lead yourself well. When I look at my life, I say that what has the church benefited from me? I am the one who has benefited from being in the church. I'm the one who has benefited good from being a pastor. By leading you, I learn how to lead myself. Oh yes, by leading you, I learn how to lead myself. When my father died, there was something just laying dead that touched me no end. Oh, yes. When Bishop's son died, I said, this thing that just laying dead, that touched me. You see, I learned by being a leader how I felt. I said, I will also go and do it to Bishop. And the feeling I got was the same feeling that he got. It is what I'm saying that you may think that you are doing it for someone, but not that you are doing it for yourself. You learn by doing. You learn by doing. You learn how to lead yourself by learning how to lead people. 
when you can lead people to a good place, it means you can lead yourself also to a good place. He said, Psalm 23 verse 2, He leads me beside still waters. You will learn how to have peace. You know, one day I was unhappy with my wife about something. Do you know what God came to ask me? That's all the first. He said, if it was one of your church members who did this to you, you do not just forgive the person in full. And I said, it's true. Just forgive it. Then, so, what, so why not your wife? You see, a lot of problems here, they are not solved by going to talk about them. They are solved by leaving it. They are solved by not dealing with them. The best way to deal with a fire is to leave it to burn itself out. God came to ask you, if it was one of your church members who did this to you, would you not just forgive the person? I said, yes. The God said, then just forgive you. I just left it. Immediately, I just left it. You see, what you don't know is that you're keeping yourself back in church. It's harming you. It's harming you greatly. You are hurting yourself. You are not doing yourself. Look, even coming to church on Sunday morning regularly, you don't know the kind of discipline you are even creating for yourself. That your ability to... But all of you, you see, I don't know anybody... Don't mention your name. Are you happy to go to church, uh, to work every day? I don't know anybody who is happy to go to work every day. I don't know anybody. Not the, especially the bankers. Especially those who work in banks. They are the ones who hate their jobs more than everybody else. Never envy them. Oh, I know them. Never envy them. They are the saddest of the bunch. <laughs> You see, but your discipline in coming to church Sunday after Sunday, when it rains, you come. It doesn't rain, you come. There's no Uber, you come. You don't have a car. You'll be surprised that your discipline in coming to church early trains you to easily go to work when it is now time for you to have a circular job. You lead yourself. You read books on leadership. One of the, if you take the art of leadership, one of the chapters is how to lead difficult people. Do you know the most difficult person to lead? Yourself. Yourself. You are the most difficult person to lead. You learn by, and think about it. In every country, the leader is the most rewarded person. The leader of Ghana, the first gentleman, the president of the country, he's theoretically the highest paid civil servant. When you become a leader, you become valuable. Immediately, you need to be protected. They give you bodyguards and all kinds of things. In the same way, when you become a leader in the house of God, God gives you angels to protect you. Because you are now a leader, God has to protect you from the enemy. Job! The Bible says, God asked Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan said, is it not because you have built a hedge of protection around him? How did Satan know that God had built a head of protection around Job? Is it not because he had tried to go and attack him and he couldn't? When you become a leader in the house of God, everything about your life is protected. Jesus could not be killed until it was time for him to die. When you become a leader, you cannot die before your time. God will protect you. They send the captain of 50s to go and attack 
Elijah arrested. He was sitting on the mountain. The Bible says, when the guy went, he wasn't, I mean, he didn't respect that. He said, come down. I'm arresting you to the king. And Elijah said, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume me. And the Bible says, immediately fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Happened three times. Then this time they sent a born again army commander because they saw that the unbelievers, it wasn't working. When the man, when the first he said all that, oh man of God, please let my life be precious in your sight. Before he began to speak, Elijah said, okay, I'll go with you. You see, when you are a leader, there's divine protection assured for you. When Elisha, the captain of um, Syria, came to arrest him at home, his servant went out in the morning. He said, alas, man of God, alas. That means that we are finished. We are surrounded by the armies of Syria. Elisha was drinking coffee. His servant thought he didn't have revelation. All that Elisha said was, oh God, open his eyes. That's all. The armies of angels were already there, but he couldn't see them. When you are a leader, you are assured of divine angelic protection constantly. Constantly. You cannot die before your time. I've been in several near-death experiences. My birthday in 2012, I was in a hurricane in Madagascar. Hey! They called the airport that they should leave the last three passengers so that they could take on more fuel, so that they could uh, fly around the hurricane. Then I heard my name. I didn't understand what they were saying. So I went to the plane. They said, the pilots has radioed that we should drop you. I said, no. I have a pastor's conference. I've already told the pastor to start praying. As soon as I land, I'm going straight there. Then I said, and, and a casual man does not cancel his meeting. So I spoke. Uh, then they allowed me on board. When we sat in the plane, then they gave an announcement. They said, we are going to fly through a hurricane. Every There will be no service on the plane. Everybody must wear his seatbelt throughout. Then I heard the voice of the devil. God tried to save you, but your mouth. <laughs> I heard the voice of the devil. God tried to save you, but your mouth. Then he quoted the scripture Death and life lie in the power of the tongue. He said, And God tried to save you, but you forced yourself. You will die today. But that time, I got to fight at the airport, I couldn't change my mind again. So when we started, I called Judea. I have some people who pray for me when I travel. I told them, for the next 45 minutes, call everybody to stop everything they are doing and pray. I'm in a plane. Then when we took off, I had a vision. In the vision, I saw CNN. Plane crash in Madagascar. 89 perish something. <laughs> That's our plane. Hey! Then I began to think. So when people die in an airplane, how do they die? Do they die when the plane hits the ground? Or do they die in the air? Or like, 
up because I was sure I was going to die. Hey, the devil told me that God tried to save me by not putting me on that plane. Hey, but here I am today by divine protection. Another time I was in a car, this same Madagascar, the driver was speeding on a mountain cliff. No balustrades. You should thank God for Ghana and that we have all these things on the side of the mountains that at least deceive us that we won't die. But at least we, we have some. <laughs> I was sleeping in the car. Then I had a dream. In the dream, we were going down a mountain and the driver was speeding. They actually were negotiating a bend. They were like a kind of trotro with a lot of sacks on top. That came into our lane to get a better way to curve. And then he met us head on. And because we were speedy, our driver couldn't do anything. So he went straight down the cliff and I died. When I opened my eyes, the driver was speedy. I said, slow down. Then he would slow down. Then he got to speed again. I said, slow down. Then at the point, I screamed. Slow down now. I was asleep. Then I opened my eyes and screamed. Do you know what had happened? We were at that junction I was seeing in a dream. As soon as I said, slow down now. And he slowed down. That same trotter I had seen in the dream with the same sacks on top of it had come into our lane. And if he had not slowed down, I would not be standing here. Oh, I would not be standing here at all. Another time, I was in India in the plane without fuel. <laughs> Indigo Airlines, very dangerous. Indigo Airlines, that was the name. Indigo Airlines. That morning as I was praying, the presence of God came into the room so strong. I said, it looks like something bad will happen today. When I got to the airport, they had changed their flights. I said, ah. I remember sitting in the plane and I called one of the crusade directors who we were texting in South Africa. They were having crusade in South Africa. I said, Ebo, I don't know what will happen today, but if I'm on a plane going to Delhi, if I die, tell my wife I said I love her. He said, don't say that. You won't die. Don't say that. I said, yes, but you, if something happens, you tell my wife. Then they began to pull us. When we were on the runway, I who that you just take off? This I said, who that I said, ah. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. In the middle of the runway. So we're there for like 15 minutes. Then they came to tow us back to the gate. Asomwa, there was no fuel in the plane. And there's an automatic switch that when the fuel is below a certain level, it won't allow the plane to take off. I've been in it. I've been in, I've been in cars that have driven into rivers. So many things. If it were not, I believe that if it were not for the shepherding work I do, I wouldn't be standing here today. I can give you story after story after story. Story after story after story. It is to your great benefit. Look, look. All leaders receive protection. All leaders receive protection. All leaders are cared for by the state, by the government for which they work. And the more powerful your government, the more powerful your protection. Oh, yes. The most powerful country in the world, America, had the most powerful protection and care for their president. Hmm. 
Number four. A shepherd is privileged to restore the souls of people. A shepherd is privileged. Oh, how many of you agree with me that you need some restoration? To restore means you have lost something. Or something is spoiled. To restore is like to repair. How many of you feel you need some repairs? Like the body has been dead at some places. Some part of the engine be you have used the rope to tie it. Like you are managing the carburetor in a certain way. Your job as a shepherd, eh? you see people and you can tell that they are broken by life's experiences. The Bible says in Luke 4, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is on me. For he has anointed me to heal the broken heart. How many of you have experienced some broken hearts? Not necessarily from a boy or a girl, but the disappointments of life. The happenings of life. The way life is. Sometimes people ask themselves, so how are things going? I said, oh, life is happening. We are crashed. When you were 16, you thought about the age of 27, you get into a relationship with a nice, tall, handsome man, and then you get married at the age of 28, and then and your honeymoon would be very nice. And then uh, by the age of 30, you have two children. One, 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 one boy, one girl. One boy, one girl. And then at the age of 34, you have your last baby. And then when you are coming to church, you will come to church together and your, and then your husband will carry one of the children in his arms and then you'll be holding the other one and your baby seat you'll be holding the baby seat pink baby seat for the uh, girl and then you'll be coming and you'll be wearing your high heels and your perfume and your earrings and then when you get to the door your husband will just open the church door for you and then you use his back to hold it open like this while you walk in and yeah you didn't factor in sasabon some into their equation. <laughs> yeah, and then when you come home from work after a long day, you say, I'm so tired. Then you have to say, oh, honey, oh, how was your day? And then, oh, come, sit down and, and, and put your feet up. Put your feet up. And let me say, so how was your day, honey? So that's your uh, colleague in the office. who do, I hope today was a good day. Then he'll be rubbing your feet and your uh, toes. And, and he'll be massaging them. And say, oh, just uh, rest a bit. And uh, rest a bit. You are joking. One day I saw a certain brother. He said, when he got married. And when they came for the honeymoon and came back, he went to work. And then um, when he arrived home and he knocked the door, his wife opened the door. He said his wife jumped on him and kissed him and said, would you like some tea? Hey! I said, me, when I get home, my wife is not at home. She's in the office. Arrive home first. This time, they are jumping into your arms. We haven't seen some before. 
I see God restoring your soul. Yes. I see. Look, let me share a secret with you. Let me share a secret with you. Let me share a secret with you. Your dreams, your hopes, your fantasies. Listen to me. Your dreams, your hopes, your fantasies. If you can give God time, they will all come to pass. Yes. Give God time. They may not happen when you want them to happen. But if you can be patient with God, they will all happen. Ah, yes. May God restore you. Any part of your life that is broken. Any part of your heart that is shattered. You know, sometimes you see a girl, you know, I met a girl once. She told me, any man who tells me I love you, I'll never sleep with him. If he tells me I want to sleep with you, I'll sleep with him immediately. Her heart had been broken. Shattered. She told me, I've slept with married men and married women. Single men and single women. I've slept with every kind of person. Her heart broken. Needed restoration. I met a girl. She told me. You see this boy I'm sleeping with? Other boys. I fornicate with my body. But with her. But with him. I fornicate with my soul. Yes. Broken. Needing restoration. It's not something to laugh about though. These are the realities of people's lives that they've experienced on earth. But may God heal you of any brokenness. And sometimes the devil uses it as a bait to keep drawing us back. But from today, may every hook of the devil in your life be removed in the name of Jesus. No attachment any longer in Jesus' name. Number four. Number five, sorry, number five. A shepherd is privileged, like Jesus, to be with people in the time of their difficulty. He said, 23 verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And it's your privilege as a shepherd in the difficult times of people to hold their hands. You see, when people go through a tragedy, it's not everybody they tell. Because they know that some people won't even care. Some people won't even care. And many people don't care. You see, as, as you grow, you will, you will learn that people don't care. When you are a leader, God will give you the privilege, the privilege of being with people in their moments of tragedy, death, disappointment, heartbreaks. I remember when Jesley was writing her ACC. Hey, when she fills her paper, she'll call me, she'll text me. Puzzle. I didn't pass. But she didn't tell you. She tell me. 
because I'm privileged to be her shepherd. Yes. Hold her hand. That's why when she chatted, she sent me a message, Apostle, we have chatted. Not I, I was shocked at her text. She said, we have made it. She didn't say, I have made it. We have made it. Because we were in it together. We were in the tragedies together. We were inside together. We went through it together. You know, it is the reason why sometimes eh, when you become an orangu, eh, because of the good that has been done for you in the past, and you are repaying it with evil, evil never departs from your house. You know, some people there, based on what has been done for you, based on the pride that has been exacted on your behalf, I promise, it is too late even to be an orangu. <laughs> it's too late. The tragedy can't end. Number six. Number seven, then we close. When you have the privilege of a shepherd, you are privileged to help the sheep to overcome their enemies. So thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. To fight enemies. Sometimes say, we even fight with people almost physically. One day, a certain brother, he went to sleep with one of my daughters. And you know, when I heard he was liking my daughter, he's a serial fornicator. No, they are fornicators and they are fornicators. They are different. Um, everything in life, they are ranks. It was quite high. So when I saw that he was liking my daughter, I warned him. I called him. I warned him. I told him, you can stay with anybody you like, but not this one. I told him, you take this girl as she's my wife. Don't touch her. Told, I warned him. You can do anything you want. But this one, don't touch her. I traveled, I came. He attached her. Hiya. Up to today, he has still not recovered though. This is maybe 2015 or 16. He has still not recovered. His, his whole life's trajectory changed. Oh yes. I was taking him to school. University in here. I had gone to see his father. I had done their passport for him. Everything. The next step is in three months' time, you are going. I had got in school for him. When I was in India, I was privileged to be the dean of international students at one of their universities. Got him admitted everything. I came back. He attached my daughter. I said, It is over. I think he's, I don't know, Zenit University or some local university somewhere. I said, you didn't respect me. I said, don't like, the thing I said, don't do. That's what you've done. You don't know the person you are dealing with. You've never met anybody like me before. You couldn't believe it. I, 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 his father came to see me. I said, no, I won't change my mind. I'm fit like the North Star. Fight. Enemies. One day I called the guy. Take your phone. 
this boy, call him now and break up with him now in my presence. One day I called another person. I said, from today, this girl, she doesn't like you again. <laughs> one, day, one, one of my sheep, some, somebody went to cheat her. I said, you take it that it is my money you've gone to steal. Pay back. <laughs> Shepherds, David said, when a lion came for one of the sheep, I went after it. A, a good shepherd, eh? you are ready for fighting. A good shepherd, you are ready for fighting. Yeah, I went after it. And I smote it. And when it rose up against me, I caught it by the beard and killed it. And then after that, a bear also came. He too, I killed the bear to rescue my sheep. So now I look at people and I say, this boy, eh? he doesn't know what he's doing. Eh? He doesn't know the person he's dealing with. So I tell people that of anything you can do in life, please don't make me your enemy. You can do anything. You can fight. You can insult uh, Donald Trump. You can insult uh, Putin, even Putin. But don't make me your enemy. You won't like me as your enemy. As blessed as you'll be as my friend, that's how tragic your life will be as don't say pastor like that. He came to fight that teacher. He said, stop what you are doing. I cursed him, cursed his wife, cursed his child. There's nothing I said about him that has not come to pass. In, including his wife having a child for another man. Oh, yes. I said, don't make me your enemy. Don't do that. But let me give you some free advice. Don't be afraid of curses at all. If you are innocent, don't be afraid of curses. Don't be afraid of curses. No, don't, don't be afraid of curses. If you are innocent, <laughs> if you are innocent, because the Bible says a curse without a cause shall not land. Don't, don't be afraid of curses. Just let your hands be clean. Shepherds, we fight, oh. Yeah. You see, Putin? You see? He's, all, he's not a good enemy to have. Some people, eh, when you see fight coming from there, just go away. It's better for you. People who don't understand anything. Like how the world should go. That You cannot wake up one day, say, I want part of your country. You can't do that. But he had decided to do it. Some people, it's not good to have them as your enemy. You see, and I'm not doing this work for money or for fame or for acclamation or for even friendship. You want to leave this church, you can leave. But don't fight. Don't, 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 don't. You know. One day I saw Lorena. I said, this girl, I have to help her. So I placed a curse on her. I said, until you are 30, no man is allowed to love you. Until you are 30. Was it 30? Was, was it 30? Yes. I said, so you are 30. So there are times when I see men hugging her. I'll see on her status. They'll be angry. But she told them that she's under a case. Like, are they aware? Because as I'm looking at the way they are playing with her, I say, hey, 
You don't have cases like that, oh. Like a case is standing there, then you're going to dance with the case playing there. I say, ah, these people, are they aware? Because yeah, I'm afraid for them. I see different people. They say, hey, has she told them that she's under a case? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> to protect her until the day she graduates from the medical school. Oh, that day I'll be there. We'll be clapping. I said, oh God, this is one of your wonders. I said, Shepherd, if she began a doctor, what, what does he do, do it for me? Will my name become doctor? No, I'm a shepherd. I care for her. Finally, a shepherd is privileged to anoint the sheep. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. A shepherd's job is to anoint the sheep. What is the anointing? The anointing comes by the word of God. The more you are anointed, the more you have the word of God, the more you are delivered from demons. That's why when you come to church, I teach you, pray for yourself. Have your quiet time yourself. Get to know God for yourself. Why did I say buy a book? Read it for yourself. I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to be the only anointed person. I want you to also be anointed. I want you to know God for yourself. I don't want you to call me at 2 a.m. that you have had a dream that a pig is chasing you and then when the pig chased you, you jump the gutter and then all that is all that. You are flying in the air. Then you suddenly became a horse. And then you went speed. And then when you were landing, the rabbits came to. <laughs> I, I don't want you to have such dreams. Before you said you went to eat pork. So you're having a dream with pig inside that you called me at 2 a.m. I don't want you to disturb my sleep. I want you to be anointed for yourself so that you can deal with the devil yourself. Let's stand to our feet. Pray for yourself as you close. This is the one prayer I want you to pray. Pray that you will know God for yourself. Pray to know God for yourself as you close. Pray to know God for yourself as we close. Pray to know God for yourself. Pray to know God. Paul said that I may know him. That I may know him. That I may know him. As we close, pray to know God for yourself. Lift up your voice. If you don't know God, pray to God that you may know him. And with every head bowed and with every eye closed, Maybe somebody invited you to church, but I want to say, Pastor, pray for me that I may know God. As we come to the end of the service, Pastor, pray for me to know God. If you are here like that, just lift up your right hand, stand wherever you are. 
lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want me to pray with you that you may know God. Bible says that and the books were open and another book was open which is the book of life. And whosoever's name was not found in the book of life was cast into everlasting fire where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If you are here and you know that your name is not in the book of life, if you were to die today, heaven or hell, where would you go to? You don't know. Bible says that except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. If you want me to pray with you to be born again also, lift up your right hand. Or you want to rededicate your life to God, lift up your hand, let me pray for you once. Is there anybody here like that? The Bible says today the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. Let's all say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, this morning I come to you just as I am. Please forgive me for all my sins and wash me with your precious blood. This morning I give my life to Jesus. And I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Say, Heavenly Father, please write my name in your book of life so that when I die, I will come to heaven. Say, Holy Spirit, please come and live in me. Help me, strengthen me to live the life of a Christian. In Jesus' name I pray. Put your hands together. Hey, put your hands together as we take.